Good evening, 4th District of Cebu. This is School on the Air, bringing to you matters on the social sciences, ranging from history, politics, philosophy, and religion. I'm your host, Marlui Vincent Capul Reyes. So, mga Megala, uh, right now we have an important guest with us to discuss this really relevant topic uh, on the idea of the Christian Filipino nation or the Filipino nation as a Christian nation after 500 years of Christianity or European contact. Uh, with us is the, an associate professor and the director of the Development Studies Program at Ateneo de Manila University. And he also happens to work on uh, concepts of religious change with respect to youth, politics, and development. So his writings include Being Catholic in the Contemporary Philippines, Young People Reinterpreting Religion, which is featured in a book symposium by the Journal of World Christianity. Uh, so our guest right now not only is a sociologist and an expert in the study of society, but also happens to uh, bridge these concepts together uh, with religion, especially Christianity. So, um, with that out of the way, I'd like to introduce uh, Professor Jail Cornelio. Mayong uh, adlaw, sir. How is your day? Hello, hello, Vincent. Mayong adlaw. Mayong sa imo sa atong mga higala. Good, good. I'm so excited to be part of this conversation. I'm, yeah, very, very important. Yes, I'm quite excited to have you here, sir, because uh, somebody has been following your um, your lectures and some symposiums. I noticed that uh, very rarely do I see someone connect uh, Filipino society with religion. Yes, Christianity is something that we hear commonly yeah. here, but like, something as, as close as this connection to national identity in Christianity should be explored. So our topic right now is on the concept mm. of the Christian nation, which I believe you've discussed before uh, in some of your talks. But I want to explore this idea deeply uh, with you, sir, uh, because our audience would love to hear these ideas. So um, my first uh, question is, in the context of the Philippines, what is national identity? Nako. That's a great question, Vincent. It's a very great. It's a good question to to you know to commence our conversation. Okay, uh, first things first. National identity um, operates on many levels. At one level, Vincent, national identity can be defined for us by the state, no, by the state through especially through uh, the system, uh, through the education system. So what we find in our textbooks, what we find in the official curriculum, what we are taught to us. Um, sino ba ang Pilipino? Ano ba ang iba't ibang uri ng mga Pilipino? Ano ba't iba't ibang mga ethnicities sa Pilipinas? Um, ano ba yung mga, ang pinaka-favorite ko parati na example pagdating sa national identity? Ano yung sino yung ating national hero? Ano yung ating national fruit? At yung ating mga national animal? We're always looking for um, symbols to try to bring together a rather incomprehensible and rather heterogeneous um, society. Um, so it's defined for us by the state at one level. At another level, Vincent, uh, national identity is what Filipinos believe us or believe ourselves to be. No, sa research, uh, sa mga surveys, it really, it, um, Filipinos would say na it boils down to our language, it, uh, shared language, uh, it boils down to our shared history, it all boils down to our even shared religion, yung pag-uusapan natin ngayon. Kaya, kaya merong confluence. Eh. There is bad confluence 
um, between um, being Filipino and being Christian. Of course, we know, and later on, I believe we will talk about this. It's problematic because not everybody is Christian and not everybody is a Christian of the same color. That's a very good way to sum up this concept, mm. sir. In fact, uh, yes, mm. we will totally get into that like complexity and nuance mm. that we, that, which uh, you mentioned. So with that, I would like to ask this question from, from you about uh, whether the pre-colonial Philippines, or I don't know how we can call it, okay? we didn't have a concept of the Philippines in the first place. No, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah I know, it's a very uh, semantics. Naman. Anyway, so uh, 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 yeah. Uh, sure. Pre-colonial Philippines. Do you believe mm-hmm. there was a concept of a national identity before? No, no, there was no such thing. No, the idea that there was this group of islands called Philippines was really a creation of the uh, of our Spanish uh, colonizers. Before that, uh, we all were Filipinos. No, kung you know, for the sake of simplicity, no, mga local Filipinos, mga katukubong Filipino, uh, we were all living our own lives separate from one another. In the sense that iba ang iba ang mga uh, iba ang mga ifugao, iba ang mga bisaya, ano? Iba ang mga uh, moro halimbawa sa sa Mindanao, uh, and uh, iba ang mga tagalog. Um, it's very important to recognize this diversity um, as really that which uh, characterized um, um, these islands before. Pero were they really phys- they were physically separate from one another? They were in terms of identity separate from one another. Iba-iba yung kanilang mga languages, for example, or dialects, if you will. No, uh, pero they had trade. You know, they were moving around. Uh, especially with the rest of Southeast Asia. Um, ito yung hindi natin masyado naiintindihan. Ano, na actually, our our lives as uh, pre-colonial, no, pre-Hispanic Filipinos, were very much tied to uh, trade. Um, uh, slave trade is one. Uh, pero trade in general of goods, no? lalo na around Southeast Asia. So kaya yung uh, Mindanao, for example, yung Sulu, Itawi-Tawi, um, we, we really had very clear connections with uh, Borneo, with Sabah, tapos tayo naman dito sa, sa north, we really had uh, trade with the Chinese um, uh, thousands of years uh, even before, uh, sorry, hundreds of years even before the Spaniards arrived. So, so was there a Filipino consciousness? No. Pero there was this consciousness na, ah, may mga groups of islands. Groups of islands and we would talk to one another. Sometimes really compete with one another. Yun. So I think it's important to recognize that. National identity, no. I see. Very understandable, sir. Uh, but then we noticed something. I'm not sure if you you know mm. you can confirm this, of course. But uh, that some areas share similar religious beliefs, a similar patterns of worship. Could you confirm or maybe perhaps clarify uh, whether the pre-colonial barangays ever uh... had shared religion? Oh yes, yes, definitely. So meron tayong konsepto na. So we really had um shared beliefs. No, again, um uh, it's so impossible to come up with a uh, a set of doctrines or a coherent system of beliefs and practices as we do define religion right now, no? We know Catholicism is different from Islam, which is different from Judaism kasi merong system of beliefs and practices. Whereas in pre-colonial um Philippines, and this is the case by the way, no? Um for all our uh, listeners, uh, this is really the case for or many, many other societies around the world before the colonial period. Religious beliefs were undefined. 
they were, bakit? Kasi religious beliefs were lived out. They were taken for granted. So halimbawa, paniniwala in the spirits that dwelt in nature, in the mountains, in the trees, in the sky, in the river, and so forth. So um, were, there, were they shared beliefs? They were shared beliefs in the sense that everywhere you went around the Philippines, may makikita kang mga ganun. Uh, may makikita, makikita kang paniniwala, halimbawa, sa... Um, um, sa deities that uh, govern um, the agricultural cycle or deities that govern um, uh, the rain and the water and the river and so forth. Um, unique by in the Philippines, uh, Vincent, the answer is no. In fact, you also find it even in other uh, countries in Southeast Asia. That's one. Shared yon. Share it then, Vincent, to be honest, yung ating um, ancestor worship. Many Filipinos would not consider, would not subscribe to this, pero Actually, if you visit um, different places in northern Luzon, diba yung uh, kanilang um, yung uh, mga rituals revolving um, uh, sa the death of a, uh, of a of a of a father, of a grandfather, of an ancestor, um, you f- you find ano to, you find a pattern. It's almost that there is you can say that there is um, uh, uh, at one level reverence for ancestors and then but also also worship not certainly we find this in northern Luzon mga, the, the Ifugao for example that again is a shared practice we have with our contemporaries in the rest of Southeast Asia now Southeast Asia and and even northern Asia so uh, can we can we come up with a big category na ito ay specific religion no uh, again kasi the idea the concept of religion came only as a um, as a um, um, as part of the colonial uh, project and also as part of modernity but that's another topic together the creation of the concept of religion oh yes totally mm. uh, this reminds me no uh, i was watching this uh, this video i think uh, you know this uh, person religion for breakfast on youtube yeah he brought up this concept yeah. on of shades, uh, state shinto state shinto it's it is similar to what you said. I just yes. can't help but notice that yes. when America arrived, right. they wanted to distinguish between uh, the state and religion. But there is no such concept yes. in Shinto at all. There is no separation. Correct. It's, Correct. So it's kind of the same here because um, Datos and their, the leaders of the barangays had this not really a dual role it, it almost feels like one thing one thing that's similar they embody that Vincent uh, oh that's a sharp observation and i hope our listeners would recognize this no um normally when we try to define religion we we think of religion as a separate from the state no different from the state religion versus secular you know um sacred versus profane no but in reality uh, this this distinction is a modern phenomenon. So, sa Pilipinas, for example, it was clearly defined for us by by the Americans. No, the idea that you know the Philippines would be a secular state. No, uh, pero during the Spanish period, but even and even before that, um, our indigenous leaders were political leaders, yes, but they were also religious leaders. Think of the Babaylan. The Babaylan, uh, for example, no. Um, uh, she was the uh, in Babala, and you find this in the Tagalog region, but you also find this in many Visayan uh, islands, no? Yung mga Babaylan. So they were uh, they were sources of wisdom in the broadest sense of the word, no? Pwede silang uh, uh, diviners or um, or fortune tellers, you know what would happen in the future. But they're also sources of wisdom about politics, about about you know how um, about when is the best time to um, uh, to uh, to do something, for example. So, 
So, may fusion. No? May fusion yung political, religious, religious and non-religious. Which again, you'll find in other religions like Shinto, um, like Islam even. No? Um, sa Christianity naging fully defined. Or Judaism even also. No? Sa Christianity naging defined, you know, because Christianity was the religion of of um, uh, the societies that uh, that modernized no, after the industrialization and then later on nagkaroon ng, ng church-state separation. So nagkaroon sila ng distinction. So when the Americans came here, yun yung dala nila to make a distinction between religion and non-religion. But in reality, um, these distinctions are are synthetic no, or manufacturing. Which I think goes into our uh, discussion here about this notion of, imagine, no? We're talking about this yeah. not just fusion. No? It's like, oh, for the, for the longest time, religion and statehood was just, you know, it was a thing that was See? put together. Then here Correct. comes the introduction of Christianity into the Philippines or, you know, the place that we call the Philippines now. Then right now, in the modern world, we have what is called the idea of a Christian nation. And somehow, this gets really interesting. So let's start from here. Um... I'd like to ask if uh, the arrival of the Spanish, was it really the start of this national consciousness that we have developed at this point? Do you think that the arrival of the Spanish, consequently the arrival of Christianity, brought about the birth or an awakening of sorts of our national consciousness? Oh, yeah. You, you, you can say that because it was all about map making, right? National consciousness, first and foremost, Vincent, is all about defining your boundaries. No? Sa, hanggang saan ang Pilipinas at ano yung hindi na Pilipinas. That's how we define national identities. Again, from the, um, from the point of view of the, the state, no? Uh, of of sever- sovereignty. So this was made possible for us by, by the Spaniards. No? So halimbawa, yung mga Murillo map, Makikita natin, di ba? Um, so you, that's 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 what uh, we use to assert our sovereignty over, for example, the West Philippine Sea, no? Historical claim uh, during the Spanish period. So it was it was a map making was a colonial tool, yes, to define what was being owned by Spain, but it was also a tool to define who we are. Kaya later on. Um, um, ito rin yung naging basis you know, in defining the sovereignty of the Philippines when we uh, seceded from, from Spain, you know, when we declared our independence from Spain. Uh, pero syempre, laging ano yan, um, uh, fluid yan. Sometimes, um, sometimes halimbawa, uh, um, Saba, no? um, is, is it really part of the Philippines or not? No? Um, uh, Diyan na papasok yung mga tinatawag na international relations and geopolitics. Um, or West Philippine Sea, for that matter, to make it more contemporary. So, so the national national consciousness it did not really happen in 1521 or in 1565. No, um, later on, yan over time, um, uh, 17th century, 18th century. So, you know, with, with the development of these maps and with really the uh, uh, also also yung um, that's one, and then two yung massive. Um, 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 proselytization, massive conversion of uh, Filipinos. Um, and this really happened uh, in the 18th century. Now, because of the galleon trade, a lot of missionaries came from Mexico. Uh, these were the Franciscans, for example, sa Tatagalog region, uh, in the Visayas later on, uh, the Augustinians were there, and the Jesuits were there. Um, and 
uh, and uh, they tried to infiltrate, you know, to to uh, um, I mean the now, but the, they were not very successful because of the resistance of uh, of of the Moros, no. Uh, pero pero that's another layer, you know, to the to the formation of our national consciousness. So there are two. One was about uh, the, the the map making, not defining who we are, the boundaries of our sovereign state or the province of 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 Spain, if you will, or the colony of Spain rather. At pangalawa, yung the conversion of Filipinos uh, into Christianity. I think f- for the first time, Vincent, there was something that could pull us together. No? Apart from the boundaries, it was also religion. No? Uh, the mass conversion of many Filipinos around the country. Except for Mindanao. Mindanao, much, much later. Yeah. Oh, very gradual process. It didn't really happen that way. Yes. We can put pin yes. that yes. then. Oh, 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 oh. In fact, Vincent, you can also say that the, the, the formation of our national identity and national consciousness is still an ongoing process. <laughs> now, um, uh, I, I think this is something that our audience can, can also reflect upon. Uh, who is considered Filipino? Whenever we say Filipino, who exactly are we referring to? Um, so if we only think about uh, the Christian Christianity as our the religion that brings us together. Kunare celebrating 500th anniversary of Christianity in the Philippines. Um, hindi natin ma-deny doon Vincent yung ano eh yung direct link between Filipinoness and Christianity. So what do we make of Muslims, right? What do we make of um what do make what do we make of uh, the Lumad, you know, the indigenous peoples, you know, the unchristianized ones? Tapos what do we make of the non-Catholic Christians? Yon. So. So, so this is still an ongoing formation and a process, and I feel na una na, na we have to start recognizing that the Philippines is far more diverse than this um uh this claims or these discourses that we are a Christian nation. All right, I think we we have to ask this question right away. No? Uh, do you think that <laughs> we should, you know, use this term? Uh, do you think we should uh, consider the Philippines as a Christian nation in in spite of uh, the developments in our history? Maybe we can, of course, explore more of that because it's not just the Spaniards, definitely, that gave us Christianity mm. or its layers. But yeah, what do you think, sir? Uh, is the Philippines a Christian nation or mm-hmm. maybe there's something more to that? Ayun. Great. Great. Nako, this becomes more and more juicy now. Sige, um, is the Philippines a Christian nation? The answer is no. no. No for two or three reasons. The first reason is that if we rely on our constitution, the 1987 constitution, uh, Vincent and our listeners, you will see that we don't have an established or what we might call official religion. This is very different from Malaysia. Islam is the official religion in Malaysia, Right. Uh, pero for us Filipinos, when you look at the constitution, it very it's very very clear there that we are a secular state, meaning to say we don't privilege any specific religion. That's one. And then two, and then two. Um, whenever we call the Philippines a Christian nation, um, um, and this is where I'm becoming more, I'm, I am more sociological with my with my reasoning. Um, again, we are um, we are blind. We are neglectful of the reality of the religious diversity in the country. Um, one of the reasons why the Moros resisted um, to uh, uh, to the uh, proselytization, to the conversion process, was that uh, it was really an attack on their identity. 
pero ngayon in the for in the, in 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 our national consciousness we do know that the, the moro people no and there are many ethnicities who fall under the moro uh the moro category you know we consider them filipino so but, so whenever we think of the philippines as a christian nation um we are actually contradicting ourselves kasi kasi we teach that the philippines is a diverse country with so many regions with so many religions and then ikikilala natin that we are a christian nation so what do we make of the moros for example right and and jenna papasok all this um uh, all the uh, uh, ethnocentric attitudes and even i if i may say islamophobic attitudes not towards um towards uh, towards the moro no? hindi natin sila naiintindihan and for the record no uh, the bangsamoro remains to be the poorest area the poorest region in the country it's and when we're talking only about the bangsamoro how about the luma the indigenous peoples and again the other modes of christianity other modes of believing or non believing in the philippines yon so so don and uh, and then the third one siguro um unahan na rin kita dito vincent the other reason why i hesitate Uh, and why we should not why we should be critical whenever we 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 or some other people claim that the Philippines is a Christian nation um uh, the word christian is not neutral of my friends it's not eh. um it's not only a religious category am i christian am i not christian hindi eh. with the word christianity comes many other uh, sorry with the word christianity come many other uh, expectations no normative expectations um oral Um, um think about divorce no uh, and 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 political scientists uh, have long argued that we don't have a divorce here because of the massive resistance of the catholic church to divorce in um whenever it is brought up in um in uh, uh in in congress uh think about the reproductive health bill it took more than a decade for it to pass no kasi artificial contraceptives are not really encouraged but the use of artificial contraceptives is not really encouraged by the catholic church so so may ganun may ganung classing um consequences right um claiming that the philippines is a christian nation has um uh, material legal political consequences on how we behave as as filipinos now uh, in in many cases um Uh, not as progressive as 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 it should be. Ethnocentrism. I believe we can also cover that here because that delves into because hmm. because you brought up so many um interesting points. Now, why should we not use the label? Maybe it can do this hmm. or that. Yeah, we'll delve into that later because it's really interesting. Now, I want to ask about, for example, because um, this is about Christianity's role, at least in the formation of the Filipino nation. I'm just going to input my, I'm going to bring my opinion here. I believe that even if we cannot call ourselves a Christian nation, we also cannot deny that um, even if not everyone is Catholic, even not even if not everyone is Christian, I think that it contributed to the building of that thing that we call the Philippines the the, the nation itself that mm. I think the idea is it pla- the the arrival of the Spanish the arrival of the missionaries planted the seed that united disparate tribes and peoples to a particular belief whether or not these modes of planting may be um with the consent of the people because um there have been records that yes the it came with the consent mm. of the people that the That the Principalia, for example, the, the elite classes during the uh, Spanish period definitely contributed to cementing um, 
Christianity. In fact, I'd actually rather much credit the Filipinos, the Filipino elites who became Christian than the very Spanish who tried to plant the, the very religion into it because they did. it wasn't just them who helped uh, plant this concept of Christianity. In fact, we took it upon ourselves. And we had, and I think that, that is where I think much of this whole discourse on Christian nations stems for, towards. Because I think at the minds, in the minds of some people, it isn't just because the Spanish came here and we were united by mm. them. It's because we own, we own this concept. That's why we, we I think that is of why course. we can, we can delve further into that discourse. So yeah, ah. that's what I'm leaning towards. Oh, oh, oh Vincent. Oh no, I get I get your point, and this is also the same argument that Nick Joaquin makes, no, in his book, no, uh, Culture and History, um, and he really recognizes uh, the big contribution of Catholicism, not only because it was as Catholicism brought to us by the Spanish, but Catholicism as embraced by local Filipinos themselves. Pero what I am also um, what I am critical of Vincent is that whenever we consider ourselves as a Christian nation, we are actually uh, doing a, a great disservice to the richness of our uh, history and our nation even before the Spaniards arrived. Now, the formation of nation um, uh, was, of course, a political move by the Spaniards and then later on by the Americans and, and then so forth no? uh, in terms of boundary making and in terms of uh, pulling us together. Pero, pero nothing stops us as critical sociologists, social scientists, educators, historians, to even go further back in time. No, um, um, why can we not consider, for example, the richness of the history of the Ibatan, Nasabatanes, as part of our culture, as part of who we are as Filipinos? What about the Ifugao? No, no yung, yung kayamanan ng, ng uh, cosmology, no? the, more, uh, the, the beautiful cosmology and the Ifugao kasi a part of their cosmology, for example, believes that uh, that they are sons and daughters of divine uh, beings. No, oh, isn't that beautiful, right? But but the history, as we know, as we it has been written and taught uh, to us in education, most of the time revolves around the Tagalog region, mm. right? The, the Tagalog, and we I know that the Cebuanos are very very sensitive about this. No, for example, thinking of Tagalog, for example, as the basis of our official language, Filipino, that already erases the diversity, the reality of diversity in our country. I think that's where I'm coming from. Do I discount the role of Christianity in farming this nation? No, I don't. Pero I think we should not stop there. I think we should even go further, back in time, deeper in understanding the, the many, many layers of what defines and, um, and what characterizes our Filipino-ness. Kasi the moment we do that, the moment we recognize our diversity, I think we appreciate that, I Maganda pala talaga ang Pilipinas. Mayaman ang kasaysayan natin. Unfortunately, ang alam lang natin, yung kasaysayan na Tagalog, for example, right? Or or the more powerful provinces like Cebu, right? Uh, but 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 other places, other regions, you know, uh, wala, we don't even have access to them. We we we, we talk about them as ethnic um, um, lessons. You know? um, I think we can do better than that. Okay, sir, two points because I, this is a very rich discussion. Uh, number one is I mm. like your view on understanding the Philippines. It's not just this one monolithic thing. It's not monolithic. We're yes, the opposite of monolithic, definitely. But yes, at the same time, yeah, while we were united because of the map-making process as well as the shared idea of, of being Christian in, in spite of us being far away, 
still, there's a lot to the Philippines than just the, the planting process itself, the planting of the seeds of Christianity, the planting of the seeds of Filipino consciousness itself. Because, uh, mm. as you said, you know, if we focus on like the big picture overall, sometimes we ignore the details. And that's the thing. Uh, I like this idea of like focusing on the regions, for example, their diversity mm. and their stories. And second, and this is where uh, I find it interesting that um, we, as you said, we think of Filipino, we think of Tagalog, we think of um, the, the state, the Philippines, mm. we think of Manila. And that's a very that's a very accurate description of how most people would imagine the Philippines if they diba? were just if they were just going to say okay the nation Philippines there we go Manila it's not the same everywhere else especially considering how many riches we're bringing it's like a mic- I think we can say that the Philippines is a microcosm of um of a cosmo- cosmopolitan a very cosmopolitan like like basically oh. a big uh, a, a big yeah. uh, stage no like we're like a mini globe so to speak a mini cosmopolitan area with you know with the tropics and all of that but still shared cultures co- cosmopolitan culture embodied in an archipelago mm-hmm. with more than 7000 islands that's the philippines it's not one city that's a really good view to bring and in relation to our idea of um bring up you know cr- christian nation etc mm. now uh because we, we talk way too mm. much about the spaniards and their history i'd like to ask what about the americans how did they contribute to first of course the christianization process itself and uh-huh. then using that process maybe sure. maybe as an aid to propagating the same process that you mentioned of creating a national identity or consciousness map making Mm-hmm. So what did the Americans do? Great questions. Vincent, I really appreciate your thoughts. I, I, I really appreciate you know, how, you, um, how you process and digest all the ideas that I'm sharing with you. You're not simply just accepting them uh, lock, stock, and barrel. So well done. You know? Well done. I'm so glad. I mean, that particular point about you know, recognizing how Manila has become the imperial uh, narrative no? um, uh, to, our, to our national consciousness. So, okay, Americans, no? What did the Americans do? The Americans um, uh, shifted gears no, in try informing our national identity. How? Through, uh, through the bureaucracy, right? The establishment of the government. Um, and we find this in the form number one of our education system, right? Uh, um, the Department of Education, as we understand it, really um, uh, became um, uh, the, the bureaucratic entity that it that it is now uh, because of the Americans. And, and that's the reason why we speak English, for example. It became part of our curriculum. So the standardization of our curriculum. So And then the establishment of secular universities during the American period, chief of which, of course, is the University of the Philippines. So, so uh, what as a counterpoint to what? The Catholic universities like Ateneo or, or San Carlos or, uh, or Santo Tomas, definitely, right? So uh, why? Because they wanted to, uh, they, wa- um, they had a clear project no? for, for, the, for the Philippines as a modern uh, project. In fact, the terminology that they had then was the policy was called benevolent assimilation. That's right. You know that um, 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 uh, being we were being recreated in the image of uh, of, uh, of American society, you know? um, and it was it was not it was not imperial, it was not colonial. They were really avoiding those terminologies. It was a benevolent assimilation. That's one education. The other one is through the healthcare system. You no, know? so the medicalization. So again, the Department of Health. That and um, of course these things were. Uh, already there, even during the Spanish period, but it was under the American period that the bureaucracy grew 
uh, in size um, uh, and, and we find it also in, in the healthcare system. Uh, we can discuss other, um, uh, even the model of our uh, government. We can discuss many other things that um, the Americans did, you know, in, in, um, in uh, forming the bureaucracy, but that's, the, that's, a, that's an important point. No? So therefore, Whereas in the Catholic, whereas in Spanish, um, uh, in the Spanish period, what brought us together was religion, Christianity. In the time of the Americans, what really what their project was all about the standardization of education, right? To educate the the uh, the local Filipinos, and we see the impact right now, you know, amongst all of us. Uh, of course, uneven din yan, no? Um, uh, uh, Protestant missionaries and educators, they were. They were so present uh, in northern Luzon. Uh, so ako, I love visiting um, um, uh, Ifugao and, and all the way up no, to, uh, uh, to, to northern Luzon. And, and you find uh, uh, locals there who speak uh, uh, English better than they do uh, Filipino, for example, or Tagalog, especially the elderly. No? They're, they're the products of that particular generation. Okay, so basically, um, just to sum up, let's say uh, in pre-colonial Philippines, we have no distinction whatsoever. In uh, the Spanish era, we were introduced to Christianity, which kind of connected the disparate parts of the Philippines together. One of many factors, of course, along with the map-making process of the Spanish. And then the Americans mm-hmm. secularized uh, our education, our healthcare provided a clear, tangible separation between church and state, enabling the state Correct. to act on its agenda as well as to unite a much larger portion of the archipelago into their territory. Okay, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Okay, uh, just random uh, insert. Maybe we don't want to neglect no, the Japanese in spite of the fact that they've been around for only ah. a few years. Do you think they have... What about their role in... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's just Christianity, of course, because... Um, they had, they had way more strategies than the Americans and the Spanish did. What about them? How how was their nation um, making process? Oh, alam mo, alam mo, I leave it up to the historians to nuance this a little bit more, no? Pero sa akin kasi, um, um, our memory, and again, I'm speaking as a sociologist, no? Our memory of the Japanese occupation was very negative. And, and you can consider that as part of our the formation of the nation. Uh, um, 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 it was a terrifying moment, especially for the you know, for for they have me aware of what happened, no? Um, um, what we know about the Japanese occupation was, of course, only just passed down to us by our um, um by our by our grandparents. So ako, for example, my, my grandmother would tell me when I was a kid na, oh, Jay, kailangan kumain ka ng gulay kasi kapag, bakit po ayaw kong kumain ng gulay? Kasi kapag hindi, pag, pag dumating ang gera, wala kang kakainin. So little things like those, no, um, uh, already are indicative of how, how, no, we are not Japanese. No, we are not like them. And no, we don't like what we did to us. Is that part of the formation of, of the nation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and 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 uh, and and makikita natin how Filipinos really resisted uh, the uh, the Japanese occupation even back then, even in their own um, little ways. No, they did not really like it. So, um, what's important, folks? Um, 
is that yung the formation of the nation kanina pinag-usapan natin diba the formation of the nation or the national identity is defined for us by the state in a very concrete manner pero binigay ko rin kanina that the formation of the nation state is also dependent on us right or the national identity is also dependent on what we believe and and, and how we respond to historical circumstances negative responses are part of that right. so so we find it in the japanese occupation right right parang no we are not we don't like that we are different from them and if you think about it even your occupation diba ng chinese um, military in the west philippine sea right it actually defines us eh. look at the responses of filipinos on social media atinian atinian even though by default in terms of the military might we don't really have any way to claim those islands anymore pero look at how it galvanizes our national consciousness atinian and we are being we are under attack see Negative responses are part of the formation of the ongoing formation of our national consciousness. All right, I see. That's a very interesting layer to add as well. All right, so now we've entered the post-colonial, yes. post-war period. We've entered um, our uh, uh, us as Filipinos. At last, we are Philippines. You know, we have our presidents to elect and all of that. Now we look at the Philippines in the modern world right now. We're seeing. Different trends, certainly, of different regimes, different campaign okay. strategies, and all of that. Uh, somebody has attended some of your talks. You mentioned something on what is called theistic nationalism. But in this case, for the context of our interview, how about specifically mm-hmm. Christian nationalism? I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. First off, how did we develop this idea, maybe if it does exist indeed, this idea of Christian nationalism among political groups. Okay, great. Sige. Um, okay, Christian nationalism, okay, the concept I developed in my own writings is called theological nationalism. You know? Christian nationalism, this is, a, this is a concept developed by, um, especially by American sociologists, American social scientists, no? uh, referring to the Uh, it has many layers. No, I just wanted to spell this out para clear lang where where we are coming from. No, uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, the the claim that the U.S. for example was founded as a Christian nation and therefore it must go back to its origins as a Christian nation. Um, and it has implications on on whom to vote for. Um, uh, you have to be Republican, for example. No, etc. etc. Um, so so Philippines, do we do we have that? Uh, exact same phenomenon. The answer is no, because it's a little bit more um, uh, nuanced here. No? Uh, that's why I've developed the no, concept of theological nationalism. But anyway, right? For the sake of our uh, discussion, right? Um, Christian nationalism. How did we arrive here? No, that the Philippines is a Christian nation. That's your question, Vincent. Tamaba. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, so um, again, we go back. At one level, we can go back to the Spanish period, right? Um, um, that was how um, uh, that was when it was established that we were different. No? This was a Catholic um, uh, nation that was being um, uh, that was being set apart from the rest of the region. That's you can you can go back there, no? Pero I think um, if we want to be a little bit more formal or official, we can go back to. Um, um, Uh, uh, to to the American period, um, to the, during the American period, um, it was actually for all the uh, for all the secularizing projects that they initiated back then. 
it was useful for the Americans to claim that the Philippines was a Christian country for one or two reasons. So one reason is that um, um, they wanted the Philippines diba, to become like a um, um, like uh, like America, right? Uh, um, um, and a city on a hill, right? A beacon, right? In Asia, the only Christian nation in Asia. That was very useful, right? And and look, the Philippines, you're Christian, and we're gonna modernize you, and they're gonna be a, a city on a hill, right? Uh, like the US, uh, um, and for all to admire and 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 see. Um, you find it there, but I think you also find it much later uh, in the uh, in the very. In the performances of our presidents, ako sa akin very crucial yung ano eh, yung uh, back in the 1950s when magsaysay during the National Eucharistic Congress, uh, he consecrated the, the the Philippines, no, uh, to uh, uh, to uh, to to Christ, no, or to the to the Virgin Mary even, no. So it's uh, so we, there, there was this consecration, no, na, that the Philippines uh, and as president. He was not obviously doing it only as a political figure, but also as a as a, the head of government. But he was also doing it as head of the state. Um, even at that time, it already encountered resistance in the newspapers, in the media. Pero that's what happened. That's what happened. So so um, so what I'm saying is that there are, in as much as as the philippines for the most part or for the for the for the entirety of the 20th century up until now has always been a secular country uh, in reality is the cultural the religious practices of our political figures betrayed that secularism kaya ngayon diba vincent it's so common for us for any public um um uh, event state-sponsored event to always begin with a prayer, right? Whether it's uh, the Supreme Court or whether it's your public school or whether it's your um, um, or, or the military, the armed forces. Or the sauna. Like, uh, the, uh, sorry? Or the sauna. Huh? Or the sauna, right? There would always be, or, 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 or there would always be the opening prayer. Parang okay, lupang opening prayer and then lupang hiniran. Di ba lagi nagana or lupang hiniran and then open opening opening prayer. Um, increasingly, of course, um, uh, our political figures became more sensitive. No, so now we bring in the Lubad and then the Protestants and then the Moro, right? So we have this representative, right? Para kung yari um ano to um uh, interfaith prayer, you know, interfaith uh, opening prayer. Which I think is far better than simply just resorting to a Catholic or Christian prayer. But what there? That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Now, now, nobody has to say that we are a Christian country, right? In order for look ordinary Filipinos to believe that we are a Christian country, because these acts are taken for granted. These acts are really taken for granted. So, so Manila, for example, every January we would have the Black Nazarene procession, right? Um, um, how is it that the resources of the state are being used to support the Black Nazarene procession, Vincent? Right? Uh, the Philippine National Police is deployed there. Um, it becomes a public holiday declared by the by the local government. I bet it's the same thing in Cebu, right? Uh, Santo Nino, right? The Feast of the Santo Nino. It's a public space. It's a public spectacle. Um, 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 
um, and again, resources of the state are being spent one way or another, right? To make sure that uh, that it's it's orderly, right? Um, hindi ba violation yun yun ng constitution? But nobody questions that. Bakit? Kasi nga, we take it for granted. We take it for granted in our cultural uh, activities, no? In our in the in our public life that these things are normal. Um, pero can you imagine if um, there would be a uh, Uh, another religion doing that in that same space, right? There might be some resistance, right? So, so that that is how we should think about um, the uh, how Christian nationalism or the claim that the Philippines is a Christian nation is a taken for granted reality here. We find it, we see it, we smell it, we we are part of it. We don't question it. Um, it's a taken for granted. You turn on, oh, ito, my favorite, my, my last example, you turn on your television at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, what do you find? The 3 o'clock prayer. The 3 o'clock habit prayer. <laughs> right? Exactly, Vincent. Exactly, Vincent. It's broadcast all over. Right? Um, all over the country. Right? The different um, the channels. Um, exactly. See? So do you do we do we even have to have a unofficial banner that says we're a Christian nation? We don't. No. It's there. It's there. It's there. The job of the sociologist, oh, the job of the sociologist is to really expose this, is to reveal this for us. No, para makita natin ay oh, nga, no? And then it really it, it and then we realize na ah, actually it also affects the way we understand non-Christians, non-Catholics. Um we understand what policies we should support. And, uh, and what values we embrace, what values we do not embrace, etc., etc. That, to me, is a far more interesting arena to analyze. Yeah, wow. It's like a, it's like a mind-awakening experience to realize that, okay, we really are a Christian <laughs> nation all along. We just didn't notice that. We didn't mind the details. And we should be and... so aware. Exactly, 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 exactly. That's, that's it. That's amazing, no? And that's why we need to talk about this topic here, about the idea of the Christian nation after 500 years of Christianity because, guys, we are a Christian nation. We just don't notice it. No, mat- like, no matter how much we say it and try to say we're not doing enough, we actually are. All the processions, all the fiestas, the fiesta, yes. the regular fiesta uses states. So resources, yeah, and and it's ama- for me it's an amazing uh, example of what kind of country the Philippines is. We're not restricted by the concepts imposed. To, like, yeah, we were imposed that uh, we were given Christianity by the West, but at the end of the day, they didn't define us completely. We 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 made it our whole ball no. game here. We... Yeah, we made it our galeng, own. Galeng, galeng, yeah. Yes, we, we made it our own. Yeah, we, we made, made it, it our, our own. own. So we don't need Spain to define us anymore. We, we embrace it. Or at least the majority, you know? The majority embrace it. And in knowing the details, the sir, I think this also makes us recognize that the Philippines, yes, is a Christian nation with many other details that we have to recognize. The culture, the history, the, mm-hmm. the past that we sometimes oversimplify with, okay, the glory days of the pre-colonial Philippines or the glory days <laughs> yeah. of, of Spain, yeah. the glory days of America. I don't know if there's like a glory days after Japan or after the war like that. It's like, 
No, Uh-oh. this is a very complex picture. Eh? There are so many cultures, many stories to tell. And I'm glad that you brought up that regionalistic or like provincial yeah. or like this micro level analysis on national identity because uh, in my experience and heritage as well, because uh, I've seen as an intern of a museum at one time, I've re- come to recognize one thing. Cebu made its own history, contributed to the Philippines. But even then, Cebu's history is Filipino history. It's it's like that. It should have it should be the case yes. here. So yeah, going into that That should be the case. That should be the case. Yeah. Going into that, I wanna I wanna go back to a point that we mentioned many minutes ago about ethnocentrism, which is a very sad reality when we prevent provide these narratives of um a majority narrative, no? Christian nation or the mm. mentality that we imagine the Philippines as just Manila or whatever, or we centralize our concept of the Philippines to the urban areas. Yes, urban. Seriously, <laughs> it's not all that. It's not all that generally. Yeah, the urban scape is not it. But yeah, ethnocentrism, ignoring our Lumad brothers and sisters, ignoring people in the yeah. Mindanao, the poor regions, the impoverished also, areas, the rea- the also. political realities, the exploitation happening. Because what we're thinking about is the macro narrative and ignoring the micro. Mm. Can you tell us, sir, about that kind of impact? by our ethnocentrism. Um, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. The macro narrative, if you want me to be provocative, the macro narrative is ethnocentric. Because it only, it writes our national history from the point of view of Manila, for example, right? We, we, right? Um, all our big national moments actually took place in Manila. It's a revolution, for example, right? People power. Um, um, all the elections, right? All the, the the central offices of the government are here. So, you know, piece them all together. Parang, okay, it's so impossible to escape, right? Uh, the, uh, the centrality of, um, of, of Manila. Obviously, um, there are other stories that need to be written. Um, and, and, and again, we don't find it to be ethnocentric or... Uh, sorry, let me say that again. We don't necessarily see that it is problematic that our national history is being written for us by people who are based here. And I have to admit that I am part of that industry because I am based, even though my parents are Bisaya, I am based here. I teach in a in a in a in a in a private university here and so forth. So um, um, yeah. There is that blindness no, towards um, the realities of other people elsewhere. Now, is that ethnocentric in the strictest sense of the word? Maybe not quite. Because when we say ethnocentrism, Vincent, and this goes uh, to our audiences as well, no? when we think of ethno- ethnocentrism in anthropology and sociology, ethnocentrism is the feeling of superiority over other ethnicities or, um, or other ethno-linguistic groups. No? Um, um, you are superior, no? Uh, we certainly find this in uh, in the in Nazi Germany, for example, or in the Japanese occupation, the superiority of the Japanese, no, uh, the Japanese race. Um, pero um, um, it doesn't have to be like that in order for it to be uh, in order for us to before we conclude that our histories are ethnocentric. Siguro we can also say that our histories and our national histories are ethnocentric in the sense that we only privilege one story. No, or one narrative. 
Um, um, and I think, you know, ang conversation natin na ito, nire-recognize natin na parang, oh, paano naman yung kwento halimbawa ng mga uh, nasa Bohol? Ano? Paano yung kwento ng mga nasa Iloilo? No? Paano yung kwento nila? Paano yung, uh, paano yung pagtingin ng mga tinamaan ng Typhoon Yolanda uh, noong 2013 um, sa, uh, sa pagiging Pilipino? Uh, paano yung mga tinamaan ng Marawi Siege, no? Uh, yung tinamaan nung uh, nung gera ni Joseph Estrada ng early 2000s no sa uh, sa uh, against the um uh the uh, uh some MNLF I think uh, sila uh so 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 Zamboanga and so forth and they, these are also very painful stories painful as they might be they need to become part of our um of our conversations no so I think um I think in yung kagandahan ng na pag-uusap nito na na we become less and less ethnocentric and less and more and more diverse and if i may use your word baka nga cosmopolitan na yeah uh oh baka yan na mas magandang ano um uh oh, oh na na nakuwento sorry MILF Arab Estrada against the MILF uh, i see in the, in the early 2000s Yeah, and I'm uh, sorry to say that, to say this. Uh, I forgot to mention that your term was actually theological nationalism, not theistic. But I think I use the term theistic because I had in mind the idea of God-centric nationalism. Nice, right? Your concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and I should also thank a friend for introducing to me this concept of cosmopolitanism because it kind of makes reading history more... Um, like... Uh, details over judgment mentality, I guess, because sometimes we say, okay, uh, colon, colon, of course, colonialism is bad, but I'm not, but it's not to say also that everything else was, was bad, especially evangelization. Like, certainly, I'm grateful for my Catholic faith, and some of us are grateful for what we have. It just doesn't mean we're mm-hmm. going to defend the Spanish Empire that already died many years ago. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah. Thank you for, for that, sir. A really reflective experience. I think one thing to realize, no, one lesson, no? Uh, those of us who mm-hmm. know a lot, those of us who have privilege and power should be accountable as well, whether to um to the problematic mentalities and narratives that we have uh, been given as well as we are used to hearing or to mm-hmm. the very actions that we bring, uh, a, li- a little bit of self-consciousness would do us some good as well. I think this is what the conversation that we've had was ultimately, if, 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 even at the end of the day, even if some of us, maybe myself included, believes that we are a Christian nation, like by virtue of something, whether it is the planting of the seeds or the majority narrative, the macro narrative, at the end of the day, let's look at, like the next time we go out, the next time we go to church, like, you know, We go to church every yeah. Sunday. That, like maybe recognize that at some level, uh, at some level, this is the reality that we are used to. It's just that there's more to it. There's more to. There's more. To there's it. more to it. It's like um, if we're going to follow the commandment of loving your neighbor, maybe consider the fact that your neighbor isn't your literal neighbor outside the door. It's, it's everyone else out there. That's something that I think we should uh, imbibe in understanding the, our national identity. Everyone is your neighbor, and we yes. may be different, but that's that's a good thing. We love to hear more stories. That makes our history more beautiful, honestly. Uh, so yeah, as a bit of a wrap up for our um really uh progressive sort of discussion, I'd like to ask this question on what challenges you know do we face in this continued construction of our national identity? Maybe to add on that point on how to avoid ethnocentrism. 
because surely, no, with all this uh, discourse, maybe we can come up with our own personal or societal kumbaga, uh, solutions to mm. this process. No, how do we contribute? How do we uh, improve ah, the continued construction galing, galing. of our national identity? Sige. Sige, I'll, I'll be as micro as I can be, Vincent, kasi puro macro na tayo, no? Yes. Um, it, it, it matters, Vincent, that, uh, that we, as ordinary Filipinos, interact with fellow Filipinos who are not like us. Um, maybe, maybe Filipinos of a different um, religion, Filipinos of a different ethnicity, Filipinos of a different language, um, and by extension, Filipinos of a very different political leaning, no? uh, which is really <laughs> also another topic being said can be yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. divisive. No? <laughs> Research shows for us in, the, in, uh, in sociology, we have this, this thing called social distance uh, theory no? and, and one distance. Or, or concept. And, and what it tells us yeah, social distance. And what it tells us is that if you are, if you are, if you are, if you have a friend, right? Or if you know of a person who is not like you, Muslim, Moro, you are less likely to be ethnocentric. You are less likely to be arrogant about the superiority of your own culture. Um, there's no other way. There's no shortcut. No, and, um, and, and this is why I really appreciate it whenever uh, schools make an effort to uh, expose their students no, to other cultures in the form of field trips or exposure trips or whatever. Right? Um, that's one. But uh, a more practical would be within your own neighborhood, Right, yung concept of neighborhood. I am very sure that within your own physical neighborhood, there are people there uh, that you are that that might be from of with from whom you might benefit a thing or two. Now, if you get to know them, uh, that will make a ending the diversity of our country. Uh, ako sa akin, I remember I I I um. I went to a Catholic school for uh, uh, for basic for my basic education, although we had college, no? I went to Ateneo for my college. And it was only much later in life when I really became exposed to the diversity of our country. In fact, it was when we became a, a researcher and I became a sociologist. No? When I started traveling around the country, no? being exposed to the realities of uh, Mindanao, Momoro, and really interacting with students, uh, Moro students. Na parang when I, that's when I realized that, oh my goodness, um, I thought I knew the Philippines. I thought I knew the, the pain of Filipinos, the suffering of Filipinos. It, it changed when I started hearing the, uh, really the, uh, the, very, the struggles you know, of, of Filipinos who do not share my same faith. And it's so impossible, so difficult for me to understand the suffering of, for example, the Moro. Kasi hindi ako Moro. I don't understand what it means to be discriminated against. I don't understand what it means to grow up in, a, in an area um, where uh, being out of school is normal or where conflict is normal. 
the moment you interact with somebody who has experienced that, your compassion deepens. Therefore, therefore, there might be a deeper virtue that underpins cosmopolitanism. And what is that? It might be compassion. Wow, I will so end there. That's a, that's a really beautiful way of saying it. Uh, at the end of the day, in spite of our uh, mm. constructed identities, in spite of where we come from, we're still connected to our humanity. Really glad that this is how we get to wrap up our discussion. So uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Professor Cornelio, and I hope that more people can get to know your um, your works, of course, and also most of all, to get to experience you know, this, this moment of recognizing ourselves, our history, our culture, our being Filipino. Thank you so much. So this has been Marlui Vincent Reyes signing out. Keep learning, find the fun along the way. You've just heard another edition of The School on the Air over 91.7 News and Music FM. Thank you and enjoy your Sunday.